Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Well, I don't know if you read your daily Bible reading with us or not, but I would encourage you, if you don't have one of these Bible bookmarks, you pick it up and it's perforated, so you tear it off, and you can read the same scriptures that myself and many of us are reading. This last week, we read in John 14. And while we were reading in John 14, it was like the words leaped off the page. Here's what what Jesus said. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And as we gather the staff together, we we, uh, often journal together and do our daily Bible reading, and we'll, we'll do it once a week. We'll just gather and share our thoughts. And all of us sat at the table, and this just like got us. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Now, I thought about it for a moment. It's not Jesus saying, pray that you won't be troubled. Ask me to help you not be troubled. It's a, it's a command. Literally in the Greek, it's a command. It's up to you whether you choose to be troubled or not. Well, thanks a lot, Lord. I, I want to rest in you. I, I want to pray that your Holy Spirit would hold me and keep me from trouble. And yet he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. It's something that you and I need to do. Well, I said earlier as we started today that, that it's kind of like Jesus p- pulling up a, a chair and sitting next to to you, minus the bottled water, and saying these words, don't let your heart be troubled. This is the upper room discourse. This is not a crowd. This is not the Sermon on the Mount. There's not hundreds or thousands of people. It's just him and his disciples together. It's not a public setting. And he wants to prepare them for the struggle ahead. Well, what struggle? Well, the struggle that he's leaving them. Remember, he he said to them, much like this, come and follow me. Whatever I do, you do. Whatever I, I say, you say. Come and follow my life. Leave everything that you have and, 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 and get up from the place that you're in and, and, and come and follow me. But by the way, where I'm going, you can't go. What would you have said? You, you, can't, you can't go with me. But, but Lord, you always said to follow you. And we gave up our family and our friends and our livelihood, our, our businesses. We, we gave it up for you. And remember, before John 14, before he sits down with them like this, he, he in John 13, does what? He washes their nasty feet. I love that context. He's about to tell them about the future, but he does it from the heart of a servant. He says, I, I, I've just gotten down to wash your feet, and, and in John 13, 33, just backing up my children, I'll only be with you a little while longer, and then I'm out. Mm. And then John 13, 33, the rest of the verse, and look where I'm going, you, you can't come. I wonder if Jesus doesn't want to prepare us for the days ahead in our life. 
So we're going to spend some time the next few weeks looking at John 14, 15, 16, and 17, what's called the last words of Jesus, his, his longest sermon, and his most intimate, his, his, his most personal. And I want you to think of him sitting across the table from you and talking to you about your future. Now, any parents in the room? Come on. Hey, grandparents. <laughs> and you know what happens if you're ever going on a trip without your kids, kidless? Yay! Remember those days? And what do you tell your kids? You tell them the most important things you want them to know while you're gone. Don't fight with your sister. Don't fight with your brother. Be careful who you text. Make sure your room is clean. No parties while I'm gone. No, you can't take the car. Uh, no, you can't climb out the bedroom window and sneak away. Come on. And when I come back, everything better be right and nothing broken. And so Jesus is telling them some words for his departure. And in John 13, 34, he says something very radical to them. A new command I give you, love one another. In a very personal setting, love one another. It's not a suggestion. It's not an optional statement. And it really wasn't a new command because the Bible teaches, and certainly it does, that we're to love our, our, our neighbor. So what makes this command new? Why did he call it new? Because of what it says in the following verse 34. Love one another. Come on. As I've loved you. So you must love one another. Is that a tall order or what? Love one another in the context of I just got down and washed your feet. I modeled for you what it's like to love someone with sacrifice. You know, I often heard this phrase, what do you do when you're the most powerful person in the room? Well, if you're the most powerful person and you're Jesus, you get down and you serve. It was an embarrassment for the disciples to gather together and not have a servant there at the entry point. Because whenever you came into someone's home after walking the dirty, musty, dusty, camel-trodden, donkey-trodden streets, you would have someone there to wash the feet of those you were about to serve a meal to. And obviously, the servant was out of position. So Jesus takes on the role of the servant, puts the towel around himself and the water basin and washes between their toes, their nasty toes. And he says, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. And then he goes on to say this in verse 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have a fish on your car or a cross around your necklace or can spout some theological words. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. All women will know. Everyone will know by how well you defend one another, by how well you go to bat for someone, by how we don't listen to the gossip about others, by how we go to people with love and do our best to make things right. We can't always get it right. 
And sad to say, not every situation and circumstance can be reconciled because you have to have two parties willing to do it. But as far as it depends on us, Romans says, live at peace with all people. It's loving people so much, you've heard this before, that eventually they ask us, why? And he says it's by your love, not your moral superiority or your theological prowess that people will know that you're my disciples. It's how we love people. So, number one, love like Jesus loves. For the world will know that you are Christ's followers by your love. Do you remember if you're an old Christian and they'll know we are Christians by our love? Yes, you're an old Christian by our love. Because you know the song, we're Christians by our love. We will walk with each other. We will walk hand in hand. We will walk side by side. Oh, it's so great. And I, I, I loved when I sang it at youth group. I always made sure I was next to two pretty girls. We'll walk hand in hand. Oh, yeah, we will. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Shelly. How are you? That was her name. Yeah. She wanted nothing to do with me, but I knew if I put myself next to her, she couldn't refuse the song of love. <laughs> it's by the way we love one another. I got an email from somebody that said, uh, Pastor, I just want you to know that 2000. And 21 feels much like a continuation of 2020. <laughs> In so many respects, there's so much division. There's so much built up tension. There's so much criticism. There's so much sensitivity. If I come into another sensitive person, a defensive person, what will I do? And I said, you will love them like Jesus loves you and gave himself for you. Oh, that's so hard. Let's be honest. It's so hard. Love one another as I have loved you. And not just washing disciples' feet, but love one another as I have loved you, willing to go to the cross for you. You talk about service before self. You talk about sacrifice. And Peter has a question. Of all people, it would be Peter. Come on. John 13, 36. What does he say? Where, where were you going, Jesus replied to Peter, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Thanks a lot. You see how the Lord has ambiguity in his answers? He doesn't say, sure, I'm leaving on this day, and I'll be returning again, and when you die, you can come and see me in heaven, and man, they're disappointed. But here's what I want you to know. Whatever questions you have, there's, there's a seat for you at the Lord's table. He wants you to pull up a chair. He wants you to sit down with him. And he wants you to know the way forward. Last time we said that Jesus is grace, last week's message. But as we look at these verses, I've entitled it, Jesus is the way forward. And here come those words again, verse 1 of chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Can we just... We just Read it. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Yeah, just read it. Do not. Okay, say it real loud so your neighbor can hear you. Let your heart. Say it real loud so the microphones can pick it up for the people on live stream. Come on. Do not. Woo! I like it. Hey, would you say it real loud again and say it for me to hear? Do not. 
like it. Let me say it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. On what authority can you say that? On the authority of Jesus. He commanded us. Don't allow trouble to come into your heart. Whoa, Lord, I've had trouble. Nobody knows the trouble. Yeah, the Lord knows it. And he has the audacity to tell his disciples, listen, you think you got trouble? They're about to lose their rabbi, their teacher. They're about to lose the one who did miracles in front of their face. They're about to lose the one they gave up everything to follow after. They're about to lose their connection to God. If you've seen me, Jesus said, you've seen the Father. Every time I speak, I speak for God. They're allowed, about to lose their conduit to God. Now, we can look with hindsight back to the cross. We can look with hindsight back to Jesus But these guys are looking forward. They don't know the way forward. And Jesus in these next chapters is going to tell them how to not let their hearts be troubled. Because when Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled, don't you want to ask him how? And then he says it. You already saw a flash of it. John 14, 1, you believe in God, believe also in me. Believe. Point number two, believe in God, believe in Jesus. Write it down, circle it, do whatever you need to do. You see, the word believe here is the word trust. It's the word to, to, well, let me show it to you this way. It's the word to place all your weight on, and I'm a big boy, I understand that. I didn't check the bolts on this cheap, chair from Wayfair with fake leather. I didn't check the lamination of the wood. I just trusted it. Like you trusted in the chair when you sat on it this morning. You did not pick it up and check it. You checked the welds. It held you. It's holding you now. It's doing a good job. Look, it's doing a good job. Now, am I going to jump in this chair? No way. But that's the word in the Greek. Trust all your weight on it. Lean on it. Jesus says, I want you to lean on me. I want you to trust in me. I want you to believe in me. I want you to understand that I'm the one that you should trust, not yourself. I got this. I can lean on myself. No, 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 no. I got this marriage. I got this retirement. I got this financial security. I, I, I've got this parenting. I've got this grandparenting. I've got friends <laughs> until they disappoint you. I've got myself until you can't trust even yourself. There was an article written by Daniel Gilbert. He's a psychology professor at Harvard University. And his article was called, um, What You Don't Know Makes You Nervous. And here's what he said. Like, I, I need a professor to tell me this. Americans are smiling less and worrying more than they were a year ago. Uh, happiness is down. Sadness is up. We're getting less sleep. We're drinking more alcohol. We're smoking more cigarettes. We're more depressed. We're more agitated. We are shorter when it comes to patience. We're quickly offended. I'm I'm just, duh. And here's what he said. The number one issue? Uncertainty. 
If you could cut people open, you would look inside their soul and feel that people feel uncertain even about the future. And Jesus speaks to the quarters of time, and I want you to hear this. It's not just me talking or repeating Jesus. I think it's Jesus wanting to speak to you by the Holy Spirit today. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't do it. Don't let trouble trouble you. Now, if you put these verses together, you, 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 you've got a beautiful bookend. Don't let your heart be troubled, John 14. And then we go ahead to John 16. We'll pick this up in a few weeks. John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have, you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble. Now, now notice what he said. Don't let your heart be troubled. And now in 1633, in this world, you'll have trouble. He's stating the obvious. This world is a troublemaking world. I've lived long enough to know there's troublemakers. And the world itself is troublemaking. And the devil's troublemaking. And people that are against God and against the church are troublemaking. And some people just like trouble because when trouble happens, they feel very normal. Because their normal life is trouble. And if there's no spilled milk, they'll spill the milk. Now they can create trouble and chaos and they can sabotage. But here's what we know. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. I'm sorry. I'm excited about this because I feel so good about what my Savior has to say to you and me. Don't allow trouble to trouble you. And don't allow uncertainty to make you uncertain. That's exactly what he's saying. But Lord, there's trouble. Yes, I know. I told you there'd be trouble. But don't let trouble trouble you. Isn't that good? And don't allow uncertainty to make you uncertain because we have a certain faith that says, I believe in God. It's the word that he spoke to the storm when the disciples were with him in the boat. And he just said, peace be still. And they saw it. And they heard it. And Jesus desperately wants them to connect with all that he is and all that he's done. Listen, peace be with you. And I believe he speaks that word to you and me today. And some of you have been through hell and high water. And Jesus wants to give you his peace. When the demons cowered in fear at the mention of Jesus' name, and they were at, at the graveside of Lazarus when, when, when Lazarus was dead and buried, and Jesus called his name. And they were witnesses when he walked out of his own grave and appeared to them. And you know what they understood? That's the one who's talking to us. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in Jesus. So here's the question. What do I really believe in? What do I really, really, really believe in? And here's the question. Do you really believe what you believe? It's a valuable question. Do I really believe what I believe? Well, yeah, I, I believe I shouldn't let my heart be troubled, but do I believe that on Wednesday at 2 o'clock? Do I, do I believe that when my, when my friends let me down? Do I believe that when the headline news just doesn't feel good? Do I believe that when I just don't even feel saved and I woke up in the morning and I even wondered if there was a God? And Hey, I want to encourage you to believe what you believe, to live what you believe, that we believe in a God, that we believe in Jesus, that we believe that he will heal and one day the crippled will walk and the blind will see. I believe in Jesus. I believe that his grace is so sufficient that it's always more than enough. I believe in Jesus that he forgives our sins and the guilty can go free and he frees the addicts. I've seen him do it. 
I believe in him. I believe his love can soften any heart. I don't care who the hardest heart is. Jesus can soften that heart. And I believe that Jesus can redeem anything. And I believe that there's nothing so broken that God can't make it beautiful. And I, I know that there's trouble. But I say to you, let us not be troubled. And I know things are uncertain, but I say, let us be certain in our faith and believe in God and to know that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think that we can put all our weight on him because he can carry us. Even the big boys, he can carry us. Hallelujah. He will help us. So John 14, 2. Then he goes on to say, there's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? See, their concern was, can, can, can we go with you, Peter? Can we, can we go with you? Can we go where you're going? Jesus says, you can't go with me now. Well, what are you going to tell us, Lord? And the Lord, Lord says to him, I go to prepare a place for you. He, he sits with his disciples and he says, guys, don't you worry don't, 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 don't you worry. They're sitting and they're wondering what's going to happen. And Jesus leans in and says, don't, don't you worry. I've got this. Just as I was with, with you in the darkest times, just as I was with you in the storm, just as I was with you feeding the multitudes, just as I raised the little girl back from the dead, what's too hard for me? So as we begin this discourse, Jesus says there, there's, there's two things you need to believe to find peace when you're troubled. It is so easy, but I want to give it to you. You need to believe who you know. Who you know. I'm not talking about who lives next door to you or in your house. You need to know who you know. You need to believe that you know Jesus that you know the Holy Spirit and his power, that you know the truth of the word of God. You, you, you need to believe that. In an uncertain world of trouble, you need to know that you know that you know. The old preacher used to say, we know in our knower. I don't even know what a knower is. But they used to preach it, man. I just know in my knower that the Lord is real. I mean, okay, good, gotcha. But you know what I want to say this morning? Let's know in our knower. Let's know on the inside of our soul who the Lord is, that he's with us, that he's for us. He's not against us. And that somehow miraculously, I don't understand it, he works all things together for good. It's not just a verse or a cliche. It's true. We've seen him do it time and time again. And you need to, 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 to believe who you know, but you also need to believe where you'll go. Where you'll go. Now, that doesn't mean let's check out, we're going to heaven. But what does he tell his disciples? Don't, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. Believe in God. Believe in me. And I am going to prepare a place for you. In other words, as powerful that, as that is, speaking of heaven, he's also speaking it to tomorrow. I've got tomorrow prepared for you. I have next year prepared for you. I have the next four years, five years, 10 years prepared for you if I delay my return. I know exactly what's going down. And I got it. And I got it. We need to believe in Jesus like never before. I'm just encouraging you with these words. Don't let your heart be troubled. 
What's the way forward? Believe in God. Believe in Jesus. Somebody says, man, I went to church. I got up out of bed to go hear the pastor say, better believe in Jesus. Exactly. Because I don't want your heart to be troubled. I don't want anything to trouble you on the inside. That your faith is so strong in who you know and where you'll go that the Lord has everything covered for you and for me. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you that you've not left us alone. And I thank you for the gift of salvation that is for any who want to receive you. Hey, Lord, you did more than wash our feet. By the cross, you've washed our lives. You've washed our souls. And I believe if anyone's here today and doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, he wants to wash you, make you whiter than the snow. And some of you have given your life to Christ before, and the world has somehow dirtied your soul, much like the disciples' feet were dirty on the pathway of life and for them. And I just pray that God would be able to wash you today, but you have to allow that to happen. You could pray it, Lord, just, just come and wash me, cleanse me, cleanse my mind, renew my mind, renew my heart. I pray that you'll help us these days, Lord, to really examine what we believe. Not just to say, here's, here's what I believe, but to live what we believe, to know beyond a shadow of a doubt exactly who you are for us. Lord, I pray we would hear your word today, not, not to let our hearts be troubled, but to trust in you. And so we invite your Holy Spirit into our lives. We invite the power of your goodness into our lives. And Lord, I'm so grateful that your goodness follows after us, literally runs after us. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the intimate conversations you want to have with us going forward. Jesus, you are the way forward, and we will follow you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.